Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Just get this fixed. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another message. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 to 9. I pray that you all are keeping safe. Um, please check the Facebook page and our WhatsApp group for any updates on when church will begin again. We are hoping to do something this term, but we pray, we trust in the Lord that he is sovereign in all things, so please stay safe and um, you are all in my prayers. Okay, let's pray and get right into it. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you for another day, another week. Thank you for your, your grace in our lives. We know that we can rely on you in all things. We praise you for your wonderful goodness. Thank you for this day and for this message. May it edify us as we go into another week. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we've been looking at how Christ is superior to the angels and how the author of Hebrews is trying to push against this ancient Jewish mindset um, of Old Testament belief and even superstition uh, and present them with the truth of who Christ is. Well, it continues. We got the theology in chapter 1, but it continues. And it's simply this. <clears throat> but, but if Christ is superior and he is the be-all and end-all and he is the culmination of, of revelation and uh, everything that we know up to now, why did he have to die? Why did he have to be humiliated and, and broken in such a, a terrible way? If, he, if he's superior, shouldn't he have just rained down fire from heaven and, and made everyone worship him? Whereas we don't see his glory. We only see the man that died on the cross. So this message is, uh, serves a singular purpose for the writers of its day and for us now today as well. <clears throat> the reason that Christ had to die, his humility or his humiliation. So we're going to look at Christ's humiliation. You know, and once again, the author of Hebrews goes to the Psalms. It's no coincidence. I'm going to say it again. Because uh, the Psalms are, are so rich with who Christ is and who God is. And, uh, and there's so much theology in, in Psalms. It makes perfect sense. 
that we know God better in order to worship him more truthfully. That's why the Psalms has such rich theology that's, that's timeless, that we can extract and say, this is who God is. And that is exactly why the author of Hebrews does the same thing. Today, it's Psalm 8. The author of Hebrews in our passage quotes Psalm 8. And I want to quickly just explain what's happening in Psalm 8. <clears throat> o Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. You know, this psalm is about the glory of God in creation <clears throat> and how he has given man um, dominion over that creation. And what a wonderful blessing that is to be um, uh, considered for that fact. Um, verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of that man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field and the bird of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. <clears throat> it's very straightforward, doesn't it seem so? Could very, um, it could be taken up that the psalmist is talking about mankind and that the Lord has given us dominion over the earth. And that is true, certainly, and we see that in Genesis. <clears throat> but then we read Hebrews and we see, well, actually, this is a messianic psalm. And he says, <clears throat> so let's read uh, Hebrews now. Now that we know where he's getting it from, that it's a psalm about uh, God's glory in creation and man's dominion over that creation, we're going to look at the messianic um, undertone here that is revealed to us in Hebrews. <clears throat> so the purpose, once again, is, yes, Christ was humiliated on the cross, and we have not seen his glory at the right hand of the Father. <clears throat> but that's not a deterrent. That's, that's a wonderful thing because the cross had a purpose. And all of that is still coming. So let's now turn to Hebrews. Read from chapter 2, verse 5 to 9. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to the angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? 
You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things subject in subjection under his feet. Wow, okay. And there he quotes the psalm. <clears throat> so verse 5, let's go through it, these few short verses, just to prove this one singular point. <clears throat> the purpose of the cross and the humiliation of the cross does not nullify the glory of Christ, but it is, was necessary for the purpose of God, for salvation, which ultimately does bring him glory. What happened is what me was meant to happen, and it is to the glory of God, um, not a setback. <laughs> and he proves this one singular point. <clears throat> For he has not put the world to come which of which we speak. In other words, um, everything that we've said up to now, we've, we're not on a different train of thought. We're still talking about the same thing <clears throat> of the world which is to come. Uh, I believe it is referring to the millennial kingdom where Christ will reign in glory over the earth. <clears throat> and he says, um, this in Psalm 8 proves it. You have crowned him with glory and honor, yet you have made him lower than the angels and set him over the works of your hand. And you have put all things in subjugation under his feet. And then um, in the next part he says, for in that he put all in subjugation under him. The, the author is explaining is uh, interpreting Psalm 8. He left nothing that is not put under him. Everything. But we do not see all things put under him. <clears throat> that time has not come yet when we see Christ in glory. If, if that's what you're expecting of him, it's not happened yet, it's coming. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. And he uses um, uh, the name of Jesus instead of Christ or Lord because uh, he's personalizing the, the person of Jesus, the man. For the suffering of death. crowned with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. <clears throat> the word there is all-inclusive. I do believe that Christ died for all sins, that the grace is sufficient for everyone. A commenter said this, his death was sufficient for all, but it is efficient only to those who rest their confidence in it. 
we must accept salvation, repent, and place our faith in Jesus Christ and understand what he did on the cross. That is true. And it says that he tasted death. And I, I think that's a lot more descriptive than, uh, than simply experiencing death, dying. <clears throat> if, if you had to imagine tasting the bitterness um, and the humiliation that comes with death, you know, none of us have experienced that listening to this, obviously, but there are many people in history and, and uh, in life who have stood on death's door knowing the next step for Christ, carrying the cross up the hill, knowing that he was not going to walk down by himself. He was not going to walk down. Hanging on the cross, breathing in and breathing out and wondering, is this the last breath? Maybe he knew, but, but to be so close to death that you taste its bitterness, you know it is coming. It is just a matter of, is this my last breath? Is this my last breath? Is this my last breath? <clears throat> Sometimes we don't experience the bitter taste of death and our lives end quickly or suddenly. But sometimes, like Christ, and he certainly did taste the bitterness of death. He was made lower than the angels. Because to die on the cross was the precursor to being crowned with glory and honor. So for us today, <clears throat> we're not comparing the we're not asking these same questions that the Hebrew that the readers of this book might have asked about Christ's death. For the most part, <clears throat> when somebody says Jesus died on the cross, the significance is lost. <clears throat> People do not understand that our salvation is not based on works, but truly based on the act of the cross. that Jesus Christ is, is simply a representative of um, higher power or that Jesus Christ is simply um, the name that I put in front of my prayers when I ask God for things. <clears throat> we're not asking the same questions, but we're definitely not understanding the, the wondrous act of the cross. And this, this is what the writer is going to continue in chapter 2. Do you understand what happened 
at the cross? Do you understand its significance? Do you understand why Jesus had to die? I'm sure, I'm sure we do in, in thought. <laughs> but when our faith gets shaken, may it be an ever-present reality, an ever-present truth that God's, Jesus' um, exaltation and uh, inheritance and dominion over the earth and, and glory at, at the right hand of the Father came and it started there at the cross. None of us would be here today if it wasn't for that singular act. Do we give it much thought? You know, if we're talking about doubting and turning back, I'm so glad that Christ was resolute and obedient unto death, as the scriptures say. It's a short message today. I hope that all of you have a wonderful day further and a blessed day. I'll pray now in closing. And um, <clears throat> Dear Lord, I pray that the incredible, unimaginable, wonderful sacrifice that Jesus died on the cross for our sins may not, it may fill our moments with awe and, and praise and adoration and devotion. We may never lose its significance and and forget what you have done that in light of everything else your sacrifices is, is no nothing stands in measure of it we thank you lord in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>